We're glad to be sharing the ministry of Redemption Church with you. Now join us as we receive the Word of God. Excellent, excellent. I don't know if I'm going to thank that guy. There we go. Love, love, money, grow, irritable, I think was what he said. Yeah, go to sleep. Don't do that today. Well, we are so glad to have you back at Redemption Church in Plano, Texas. Greetings to everybody in the room. Give yourselves a hand. It was so good to worship with each other today. And I salute everybody watching and listening to us online. I don't know how you found us, but we're so glad you did because we love to share Jesus with you. My name is Chris Fluitt and I'm ready to jump into the Word of God. We're talking about deep fakes. We are in the fourth week of our series and the people you, the person you saw today in our intro video, that's not a real person. That was a digital manipulation created through AI, artificial intelligence. You cannot always trust what you see in this world. Deep fakes are synthetic media that have been digitally manipulated to replace one person's image convincingly with that of another. Deep fakes hijack the creator's image and then manipulate the image for their own liking. Our world is growing more and more concerned with the ability to manipulate the truth. One of the causes of concern is identity theft. Can you say identity theft today? 1.4 million identity theft cases have been reported to the Federal Trade Commission so far this year in the United States of America. 1.4 have been reported. Many more cases go unreported. So we don't know exactly how high this number actually is. 1.4 is not the real number. That's the baseline. That's the lowest the number can be. Estimated losses are 10.2 billion. Jesus. So far this year. That's how much so far this year. We're in the middle of October. 10.2 billion so far this year. That is up from last year's total, which was 6.9 billion. Yes. It is on the rise. It will likely double this year. The number of identity cases have tripled since 2019. Someone's identity theft occurs every 22 seconds. Every 22 seconds. It's every minute three people got their identity stolen. 33%, that's one out of three Americans, have experienced some form of identity theft. And Texas is in the 16th worst position when it comes to identity theft. We're the 16th worst. Identity theft is not a joke. Had to be done. Identity theft is not a joke, Jim. Millions of families suffer every year. If you don't know that quote, then I'm going to pray for you that you know that. I'll introduce you to the office there. There are many ways to steal an identity. There's something called phishing, spelled with a PH. Phishing. There is hacking. There is cloning accounts and phones. Sometimes they just do it the old-fashioned way and dig through your trash can till they find enough material on you, a letter you threw out that you thought was going to the landfill and, ooh, it had your middle name on it. It had an address on it. It had a phone number on it. Oh, Lord forbid if it had your social security number on it or your birthday. I remember once my aunt, I've got an aunt named Zelda. How cool is it to have an aunt named Zelda? Long before... The Legend of Zelda came to NES. I had The Legend of Zelda in my own home. I love my Aunt Zelda. She lives in Texas. And one day I got a message on Facebook that she needed help. It was a message straight from her account. She messaged 
that she had been mugged in Europe and lost everything she had and now she's stuck in the middle of Europe and she needs me to wire her some money so she can get home. I love my Aunt Zelda. You, you can't hardly come up with a thing I would not do for my Aunt Zelda. My Aunt Zelda is better than your Aunt Zelda. And I just, I love you. But that's just the truth. <laughs> but something seemed a little weird about this. The account said very clearly my aunt's name. It even showed her picture. But something about this interaction didn't seem right. The way she spoke to me didn't seem like my aunt. So I asked my dad if his sister was in Europe. And he said, she's in San Antonio. <laughs> Just a little outside of Europe, right? What had happened is that someone hacked her account through a phishing scheme. She saw uh, something come up that, that looked so official. It looked just like Facebook. And it said, please enter in your email and your password. That's how you usually get into Facebook. Except this was a fraudulent phishing scheme. And people are also able to clone accounts. They, all they have to do is to create an account. Give it the same name. And give it the same pictures. They can even go to the other person's profile. And download those pictures and just post them. And then go friend all their friends. And now they can pose as them. I get those all the time. And they try to sell me things. And I'm like, my Aunt Zelda is not trying to sell me car insurance. Get out of here. <laughs> Someone I know recently received a cloned text. A text from a cloned phone number. Do you know about this? They can clone a phone number. They received a text from a number that they knew, but it was from one someone else trying to defraud them. There are even the spam callers that are trying to sell you things will often clone the number so that it is from your area code. But they aren't from your area code. They're in some basement somewhere in... Pensacola. I don't know where they're in their mom's house. There we go. But it looks like that could be a number you know. Or it could actually show up as a number you know. More than ever, it is important to double check the source. This is true with news, right? This is true with text messages. This is true with things you get in the mail, email, all of those things. Everyone say double check the source. Where is the message coming from? Who is the message coming from? Just because the image that shows up on your phone says your aunt's name does not mean it is actually your aunt. You need to double check the source. Everyone follow me right now. Guess what? As Christians, as followers of Christ, we need to double check the source when it comes to spirits. When it comes to motives. When it comes to thoughts. When it comes to emotions. When it comes to plans. When it comes to responses. Double check the source. Who sent that? Where did that come from? You can be looking at a person. But what's coming out of them is a spirit at work. Or it could be an impure motive that is speaking. And Paul teaches us about this in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12. He says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Alright, so I want you to imagine you're seeing that person. This won't be hard for you, what I'm about to ask you. I want you to imagine the person that's giving you so much grief right now. The person you're having trouble getting along with at work. The person that's a bully to you at school. The person online that just is being mean to you. Whatever it is. It could even be, but Lord forbid, 
but it could be someone in the church that's not forgiving you and they keep bringing up your past. I want you to picture that person. Not so you can shake your fist at them, but I want you to realize you aren't just dealing with the person. Do you all understand? The person, the flesh and blood is not who we are wrestling against. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. That's the coworker. That coworker you pictured, let me tell you, you, you don't hate them. And they aren't actually your enemy. There is something that's working on the inside of them. And that is your enemy. That person in your family. That person you never get along with and you never understand why. Especially when it doesn't make any sense. Y'all listen. Well, especially when it doesn't make any sense. Me and Deborah ought to just get along so well. I'm, I'm picking on you, Deborah. I love. Are we glad Deborah's back? Let's hear it for Deborah. <laughs> Deborah, forgive me. I'm going to use you as an example, and this is totally not true. But me and Deborah, we ought to get along. We both go to church together. We both love serving people. We both have things in common. Why don't we get along? When that happens, that ought to set off a red flag. That it's not Deborah. It's not me. It might be something that causes what? Division. Division. Something that kills. Something that steals. Something that destroys. Aren't you glad we get along, Deborah? Yes. Me too. I love you. But listen, these, these people in your life, and you're like, ooh, I would just love to... Is it biblical to just want to punch them in the face? I don't know. Checking for a friend, right? That No, no, no. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. You need to be praying for that person. And you need to be praying about the spirit that is affecting them. Because that person is not the enemy. That person is loved by God. That per person has a purpose that they have not yet found. Christ died for that person. Now listen, let's put it on another face. Hamas. Uh -huh. Listen, I'm not going to get in a big, big squirmish right there. But you listen right now. Those people, those people have a spirit that is bringing them to hatred. And yeah, we do want them to stop. And it has to stop. But don't ever forget that those are people that God would love to save. Those are people God would like to set free from their hatred. And that's a spirit. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. It is often a spirit at work within them. And that is the enemy. And that is a deep fake. Trying to hijack the image of the creator. We need to learn to love the person. Pray for the person. And even serve the person. And at the same time understand the enemy that is present. Pray against the spiritual forces at play. So let's pray right now. Right now, all over this house. Pray. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, I pray, Lord, for the people that mean to do us harm. Lord, I pray, Lord, for the spirits that are working in this life. And they are trying to, to, to confuse us. They are trying to pull us down to their level. They're trying to get us to war against our brothers and sisters. Like, like Cain warred against Abel. Lord, set us free. Give us wisdom. To see God. And help us to respond like Jesus responded even to Judas. Lord, do that work in us. Lord, I pray blessing on my enemy right now. Pray blessing on your enemy right now. I pray blessing on that person that's lying about me. I pray, Lord, that you get a hold of their heart. Lord, they need to be set free. And I bind the works of the enemy. And I bind impure motives, God. And I want you to work in my life and their life. And reconcile us both in you. And everyone said in Jesus name. Clap your hands. Because God heard you. Now I tell you. Whoa. I learned all about how many animals went on Noah's Ark. In, in Sunday school. Right? I learned. If they're clean, there's seven of them. Right? It's two by two. If not, I knew that. Right? I knew about all the, the furniture in the tabernacle. Got that? I could name it all. Table of showbread. We could get, we got that. We got the altar outside. We got the altar inside. We, we've got the Ark of the Covenant. We got, we got, we, we have got a wonderful menorah, a candlestick. We got all kinds of stuff. 
I can tell you some wild, cool things about your Bible. But I'm, listen to me. Charles, it took me way too long to realize who my actual enemy was in life. Y'all hear me? It took me way too long. I thought the person in front of me was the enemy. Oh, let's be a church that teaches our young people that sooner than I was taught. Let's be a place that lives that way, acts that way in Jesus' name. Y'all get me? Sometimes it's a spirit at work in us. We got to double check the source. The source. How do we double check the source? Let's talk about that. What do you do when you get up in the morning? Anybody? Y'all can help me. What do y'all do? Do y'all do anything? Y'all just go straight to work? I hope y'all do some stuff before, right? Right? Does anybody brush their teeth when they get up in the morning? Oh, well, that's so good. That's good. I'm, I'm so happy about that. But take note of anybody who didn't raise their hand. All right. Do you comb your hair? Anybody comb their hair? Anybody comb their hair? That's very nice. Does anybody look into a mirror? That's so good. That's so good. This is how you double check a source. I'm so glad that you look into a mirror. Guys, I know I don't look great. But I promise you, I look worse when I get up in the morning. It's What's really sad is what you see here, it actually took a little bit of work to pull this together. I'm doing my best with what I got every morning. Before you leave the house, you double check your image by looking in the mirror. James chapter 1 verse 23. This is a really important passage. Let's pay attention to it. James 1.23 tells us about a mirror. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it. They will be blessed in what they do. In just a few verses. Well, how many verses is that? Four verses right there? One, two, three, four. That's four verses we read. James sure gives us a lot in four verses. That's why you got to read your Bible and you can't do it fast sometimes you got to look break it down those four verses I'd love for you to this week take another look at these verses gives us a lot to consider here's the number one thing I want you to consider that the word of God is a mirror we must do more than listen to what the word says you must do more than listen to what the preacher says about the bible You have to do more than just read the words on the paper. We must do what the word says. In verse 25. Verse 25 says we must continue in it. Now we're here on a Sunday. It's the first day of the week. I'm so glad you're here. It's so important that you're here. It's so important that you're receiving the word of God. But what about Monday? What you receive on Sunday is supposed to continue on Monday. And the prayer you prayed on Sunday, when you were filling those goosebumps, when they were singing about the name of Jesus, that needs to continue on Tuesday. And the prayer that you pray in this altar in a little bit, it needs to still be living inside of you on Wednesday and on Thursday and on Friday. And when we see each other, it's not, it's not like... It's not like we haven't lived in an atmosphere of prayer and word and worship. But far too often, we only live in that atmosphere inside this room on a Sunday. James says that's like looking in your mirror and not doing anything about your image. That's like looking at yourself in the mirror and going, Oh, that's what I look like. And not doing something to change the bedhead. Anybody got bedhead? Y'all know what bedhead is? Oh my goodness. I'm thankful for, for all my hairs. Everybody that's having trouble holding on to their follicles. I'm, I feel for you. 
But there are times in my life, I look up in that mirror and I'm like, oh, that's not good. It's like, I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened while I was sleeping. But there's like a wave. It does a wave. I don't know what that hair is doing. You, you, I can't just look at that and go, oh, I look terrible today, and then walk off. I have to look at my image and then go, oh, I need to change my image. And that's what the Word of God is supposed to be like for us. Oh, man. That's not how to use a mirror. You use the mirror to see where you are and then to change the image. The Bible, the Word of God, Holy Scripture is a mirror. And like a good mirror, it shows exactly as we are. Sometimes the Bible's not fun to read. Real quick, we'll get to this one. The Word of God confronts your image. Listen, there are times it's really fun to read the Bible. There's, there's, the, there's the Bible verses that everybody likes to put on their car or wear on their shirt. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Read the first verses right before that. Nobody puts those on a shirt. It says, if I go through awful, terrible things, if everyone turns their back on me, if I get stabbed in the back and lied about, I can go hungry. I can go without. I can be beaten. I have never seen anybody put that on a shirt. Chris Tomlin has not written about those verses yet. No songs about that. Well, I got beat today for Jesus and I'm glad about it. Yeah, nobody sings about that. But that is why he says, I can do all of this through Christ that strengthens me. See, that's the verse we like. But those other verses, those confront us. Because when it's hard, we're almost already given up. And when someone's mean to us, we want to curse them out. And when we have a blessing, we want to keep it all to ourselves. My goodness, I may have had a talk with somebody today that was about, about giving to the Lord. And they said, are you telling me if I won one trillion dollars that God would want some of that? And I'm like, what? You would win a one trillion dollars and not give it? You need to hush and sit down. You will either leave the room or you will sit there and be quiet. Like your bathroom mirror, the Word of God confronts your image. You read your Bible and it says you shouldn't lie. How are you doing on that? But it's okay. My lies, I mean, they're actually for the greater good. You shouldn't steal. How are you doing on that? You should be honest and not steal. You should not say filthy things. You should not watch filthy things. The Bible says all of these things. You should honor your mother and father. You should have love for others and forgive them. You should serve others and give to the Lord. Sometimes these things really confront us. Sometimes you're really tempted to go, Ooh, maybe we won't read those passages today. And you'll flip over to, to another passage. And I'll be if that one doesn't get on your toes too. Because God is trying to talk to you. And confront you. In the word. Reading your Bible reveals how you don't look so good. Just like your bathroom mirror reveals. How you don't look so good. In the morning. Every person looks into a physical mirror. To spruce up their image. They brush those teeth. They, they get little crusty things. Out of the corners of their eyes. We do these things. Why don't we do that with our hearts? Jesus. Why don't we take a good look and do that to our souls. And to our spirits. And to our words. And to our actions. And to our thoughts. Check your image. How do you do it? You look into the word of God. And it will confront you. Change your image. You do what the Word of God says. That's how you change your image. Redemption Church is different from most of the churches that met all over the Metroplex today. Now this is not a knock on the churches. But I just want to be real with you. Can I be real with you all for a second? I love all the other churches. There are brothers and sisters. We will stand beside them and try to win the world right with them to Jesus Christ. Every time. Every time. It's a non 
That's a non-conditional statement. I mean that. But I want to tell you, we're a little different from everybody. I want to just lay it out here to you. Every church meets, sings some worship, and hears the message from the Bible. And that's exactly what we've done so far today. We've sung some worship. We've heard a message from the Bible. Everybody agree so far? But here is what happens at most churches that is different. At the end of the pastor's message. At the end of the preacher's sermon. He wraps it up. And they have this moment where they say, Alright, who here today wants to receive the Lord Jesus Christ? And what happens is that everyone sits there and they look around. They go, oh, is anybody going to receive the Lord today? Is anybody going to receive the Lord today? And they sometimes say it like this. Are any sinners, any sinners going to go to the front and receive the Lord today? And if anybody stands up, then and walks down there, there's two, one of two options. I'm be a little little tongue-in-cheek here, all right? Just let me do it. All right, here we go. I knew, I knew they needed to go down. Some people think that, oh, I, I saw Rick finally get up. It's about time. I was expecting, he's been needing, my gosh, how did he not go at Easter? Why did it take him so long? Or, or they do this. We got the nice little golf clap. Oh, that isn't that so good. Isn't that so good? And though the pastor will actually have to like prod people to clap. It's like, oh, aren't we so happy for these people? And they're like, oh, yes, yes, yes. But yeah, is Rick finally gone? Is Rick finally gone down? And I see the Lord. Okay, listen. The reason I invite everyone to come and talk to God every time we come together is because it's not enough to look in the mirror and then walk out. That's it. What happens is everybody just sat through a sermon and waits for a sinner to come forward. Hello, are we not all sinners? Yes, we are. If any sinner needs to come receive the Lord, it's the one right here. It's the one right here. Can I get a witness on that? We are all sinners in need of the Lord. And since when do you not want to receive the Lord? They say, come receive the Lord. And they're like, oh, I hope somebody comes receive the Lord today. What about you? Somebody say, what about you? What about you? Aren't you going to receive the word today? And so what happens all over the... You want to know... I'm going to do it. Here we go. You want to know why our society is like a trash can? Do you want to know why we're going down and further and worse all the time? And depression is on the rise. And suicide is on the rise. And drug addiction is on the rise. you want to know? It's because people are hearing the word but not doing anything with it. We got a church on every street corner. And they go, oh, wasn't that some great church today? All right, I'll see you here next week. And next, by the time they've come to next week, they've not prayed. They've not looked at the Word of God. They've not done the Word. They went and they looked in the mirror and the mirror said, y'all, aren't you so beautiful? And they said, oh, mirror, mirror on the wall. Uh, I knew I was the most fairest of all. And they walk out and they don't do anything. But James says... We got to look in the mirror of the word and we have to do what it says. I will not apologize for asking you to come every time. Listen, if you don't want to come, that is all right. If you want to just sit where you are and worship God, you don't have to actually walk to a physical place. It's not about that, but it is about you doing something with the word. We are not preaching so you can go, wow, he sure preached a good message today. I care not about that. I want to see lives changed. I want to see people saved. I want to see people walk into the goodness of the Lord. That's what I want to see. And I want to see it change them from the outside in. I want to see depression left behind at an altar. That's what I want to see. I want to see anger and unforgiveness left behind at this altar. That can only happen if we do what the word says. Somebody said amen. Amen. Double check. Your image. Do you look like Jesus? Or do you look like a world that's chaotic and confused? Do you look like a forgiving, loving Jesus? Or do you look like somebody that just, ooh, you better not tick them off because they will let you have it. Do you look like the love of Jesus? Or do you look like racism? 
Do you look like prejudice? Do you look like hatred? Do you look like freedom? Or do you look like addiction? Do you look like joy? Or do you look like anxiety and fear? There, this is something to come talk to God about. This is something to come and look in that mirror and say, I don't like how I look. I want to be more like Jesus. Our job as followers of Christ is to reflect the image of Jesus. That's what a good mirror does. Reflect. Reflect Jesus. Reflect who He is. Reflect the image of God. Reflect His love and His kindness. That's really what the Metroplex needs today. It doesn't just need another church to be planted. It just doesn't need another building. It needs a people of God that reflect Jesus. So Jesus is in the streets. And Jesus is in our schools. And Jesus is in our jobs. And Jesus is in your neighborhood. Because you are in that neighborhood. Double check the mirror. What image are you reflecting? Double check the word of God. Do we understand the word of God? Listen, the Bible can get complex. Let me, let, me, let me just take a weight off you a second. If you don't understand the word of God, my goodness, you are not alone. There's some verses that are, that are complex and they take some while to, to understand. And then there's even some verses, I, I, I got it narrowed down, it could be one or two things. I don't know. It's like, the, that's the Bible. That's the Bible. There's nothing to feel bad about that. But for the most part, do you understand this message and what the message of the Bible is trying to say to you? I want to tell you it is possible to misunderstand the word of God. And if we misunderstand it, then that will affect the image that we reflect. Do you understand? I've got a picture we're going to throw up here. I want to see if y'all know who that is. Does anybody know? Can you say who that is? Anybody know? Who is that? It's kind of weird. He's got like some stuff up there. There's another picture too. It's quite a different set. He's got these like things. Who, who does that look like to you? Is there something about that that... Y'all go ahead and say what you're thinking. He's got some things on his head that look like... Horns, right? So somebody say, one, one of the people you thought of was, was the devil. Satan, right? Somebody thought it was the devil, right? Okay. This is... Not the devil, but it's actually a statue of Moses. The second picture, this picture right here is a very famous work of art by Michelangelo. Michelangelo, not the turtle from Ninja Turtles, but the artist. And he is well, this is a well-known statue of Moses. People come from all over the world to see this statue. So the question is, what's up? Michelangelo, what's up with the horns? Who wants to know about the horns? Yeah. yeah, 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 we'll tell you, okay? Moses has horns because someone misunderstood the word of God. Here's the verse they misunderstood. It's Exodus chapter 34, verse 29. When Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the covenant law in his hands, he was not aware that his face was radiant because he had spoken with the Lord. Everyone say radiant. That's the phrase in question. That's the word in question. Now, did anyone see horns in that verse? No. But this is the verse where they get the horns. Here's what happened. When, when the Hebrew scripture was being translated into Latin, the Latin Vulgate by Jerome in the 4th century, they misunderstood a single Hebrew word and mistranslated the text. The actual word was K-Ran. Somebody say K-Ran. It means to shine forward. And they got it confused with a very similar word, K-Ren, like Karen. Somebody's a... Karen, Moses was a total Karen that day. Anybody? And Karen, Karen, Karen. Karen means to shine forth. Karen means to protrude forth like horns. Uh -huh. And so the guy's reading it 
And it's really good. Sometimes you just make a mistake. You don't, and it's another language. It's Latin, folks. Yeah. And so he looks at that and goes, oh, interesting. So he had horns on his head when he came down. He just writes down in Latin, he had horns on his head. And because they misunderstood the word of God. Many people grew up with a picture of Moses with horns on his head. It changed the picture of Moses. And guess what? It also means that they had an incorrect image of what God's glory looked like. That's right. There was some kid that was praying earnestly to the Lord. Oh God, let your glory be so good on me that I've got horns like Moses. <laughs> let me Lord, he meant it so well. But although he meant so well by he had misunderstood the word of God. I wonder how many people. Can we get that picture of Moses? I wonder how many people. Have been given an incorrect picture. A misunderstood picture of the word of God. And maybe they have a picture of God. That someone drew horns. On that picture. You know what that would look like? That would look like. God hates sinners. That's not true. But there's people all over the place that think it's true. There are people that walk into churches that think it's true. Or they think, God hates sinners, not me. I'm really good. Right? Or how about this one? God is mad at us all. You're going to split hell wide open. What are these thoughts? They're misunderstandings of the word of God. I don't know where they got it. But I don't know where they got horns either. Or what about this? I wonder how many people have an incorrect picture of what a Christian should look like. Has someone drawn horns on your picture of Christianity? How about this one? God only cares about the rules. It's all about the rules. You got to get the rules right. You got to read the Bible so you can get all the rules right. If you're not, well, you're not got all the rules right. You might as well not even serve the Lord until you can get all the rules right like me. And then they go home and they haven't kept the rules and they feel terrible too. What's that about? Someone has put horns on their picture of what a Christian should look like. Well, you know, (laughs) we're Christians and they're not. Those people that are doing all that destruction in Gaza, well, we're Christians and they're not. They're atheists, so forget those people. I mean, they don't even know that there's a God and we have like this flippant attitude about that. What is that? What is that? That's not how it's supposed to work. Erase the horns! Yes. We're supposed to love these people. We are not better than these people. We are the chief of all sinners. We should be on our hands and knees and washing feet. We should be feeding the hungry. We're not better. We're not better. Take the horns off. Erase the horns. Now, Jeff, I'm not talking about the long horns, so just calm down. How about church? Real quick, real quick, real quick. How about the picture of church? What church ought to be like? Has someone painted horns on your picture of what church should be like? Church is wearing a nice suit, walking down, sitting down. Or or church is a certain form of worship. Church is hymns. Or church is only rock and roll music. It's only one of these things. The sermon has to go thus and so. It has to be three point sermon. It has to be a certain thing. And at the end of service, they always ask the people to come to receive the Lord. Or they come and have an altar experience. Or they come. What is that? Is there scripture for any of that? Or somebody just misunderstood things and drawn horns on what the church should be? Oh my goodness, there's much more in the Bible about how the church should go into all the world and preach the gospel. There is so much more scripture that says that than that says when we worship, we must play in the key of G. I'll fly away, oh glory. 
There's nothing like that. And I love the songs, I Fly Away. I love the hymns. I love the new worship songs. But really what I love to see is people come to the Lord. That's what it really what I love to see you worship God. And I love, I get so excited when we're singing and y'all are worshiping. And I don't care what song we're singing. That is what I'm after. Your heart in the hands of Jesus. That is what I'm after. Church, I'll give you one more horns that we draw in the church. Church is a place for perfect people. I don't know. I have heard it way too many times. I can't go back to church yet. I've got problems in my life. I can't go back to church. I've still got an addiction. When I fix my life, pastor, I'm going to come back to church. They, somebody has confused them. Somebody has given them a misunderstanding and put horns on the picture. Of the bride of Christ. I'm telling you. This is a place for imperfect people. This is the place. For people that don't have it together. This is the one place. They can come and be loved. You belong here. You've got family here. Brothers and sisters. You got problems. That's so good. Maybe you could talk to me. Because I got problems too. That is the picture of the church. Mourning with those who mourn. Rejoicing with those who rejoice. And in all things, loving Christ together. Well, listen. I'm, I'm your pastor. It's not my job to fix all the churches in the world. Thank God. But you listen here. We have got to erase some horns around here. We have got to understand what God has called us to be. Who God has called us to reach. And we've got to lay aside all the other crud. And go after what God has called us to do. And anything else is a misrepresentation. It's horns on Moses. Somebody say erase the horns. Look at somebody else say, erase the horns. Oh, man. We need to look into the Word of God, correctly understand it, do what it says, and only then can we reflect the image of Jesus. Romans 8.29 says, For those God foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son. That he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. Now listen, Paul often makes scripture a little complicated. Somebody say amen. amen. If you know, if you've ever read through Paul's letters. It get, this is one of those. But I want to underline the words today. Conformed yes. to the image of his son. Somebody say conform. This is God's will for us. To conform our image. To change our image. To limit our images in some areas. Because that's not like Christ. And to grow a little stronger in some areas. Because that's more like Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 49 says. And just as we have been. Just as we have borne the image of the earthly man. That's Adam. So shall we bear the image of the heavenly man. Who's that? That's Jesus. So we got Adam and we all look like Adam. We got two legs like Adam. We're walking around like Adam. Right? That's us. We look like Adam and Eve in the physical. But do we look like that heavenly man? Do we bear that image? Do we bear the image of Jesus Christ? Do we look like heaven? I'm going to ask our worship team to come. Jesus. Do we look like heaven? There's a saying in the world. <laughs> Y'all forgive me. Deborah, please forgive me. Some people say you look like hell. <laughs> people sometimes say that. Hey, listen. We need to look like heaven. We really need to look like heaven arrived here on earth. Jesus. Bear the image of that heavenly man. Let me look in the mirror for a moment. Let me just kind of, when you're looking in the mirror, it's the one place you don't, you, you will make the weirdest faces while you're looking in the mirror. 
when I put in my contacts, I'm like, that's a, nobody needs to see that. But let me look in the mirror for a moment. My ego and my pride, they show up in this mirror. They don't look enough like his humility. I can't help but notice my dishonesty. It shows up in this mirror. I, I thought I had that. It's like acne. It breaks out every once in a while. Dishonesty. My willingness not to tell the whole truth. But, and to attempt to justify why I do those things. That's not like him. How about, how about my lack of patience? Ooh, that doesn't look good, does it? Is that greed and lust? How about my lack of compassion? My lack of serving others? My withholding of forgiveness? I'm talking to myself, y'all. That's when I look in the mirror of the Word of God, I see I've got a lot of work to do. The more I read the Bible, the more I realize Jesus is so much better than me. I fall so short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23 Redemption Church, we need to look a whole lot more like Jesus. And to do it, we got to look in the Word. We got to look in the mirror. We need to reflect Jesus. Every worker in this church... Y'all listen, every sweetheart person that works in this church, I appreciate you so much, but I want to tell you something. We need to do more than open doors for people. We need to do more than teach classes. We need to do more than lead a small group. We need to do more than play the guitar and the drums and sing on the stage. We need to do more than run computer screens. We need to reflect Jesus for those who have come to find Him. While you're opening that door, reflect Jesus. While you are doing work in the church, make sure you are reflecting Jesus. Jesus is drawing someone because He wants them to see. He wants them to see Jesus. See the truth. And He wants to bring them to you so they, they see the truth in you. I want you to please stand with me all over this house. I'm about to invite you to talk to God. To spend some time. Look in the mirror of the word of God. To do what the word says. To conform. To conform our image to Jesus. But I have one more verse to share with you. Before you come. It's in 2 Corinthians 3.18. I want you to pay close attention to this verse. 2 Corinthians 3.18. It says. And we all. Who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into His image with ever increasing glory. Which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. We mentioned conforming to the image of Jesus. Didn't we just mention that? It's in Romans 8.29. Right? I want to tell you what conforming to the image of Jesus looks like. It looks like a lot of trial and error. It looks like trying to do better. Falling short. Repenting. Trying to do better. Trying to break habits. Not doing it well. Obeying the word a little better at a time. That's conforming. That's conforming. To the image of Jesus. That's you hear a sermon. It hits you in the heart. And you go this week. I'm going to try to do that better. And you get back next Sunday. And you go. Oh that was hard. But I'm going to try it again. That's conforming. Somebody say amen. amen. But there is also transforming into his image. And that comes only by the power of the spirit. It says. It comes from the Lord. Who is the spirit. I can't speak for you. But I want that kind of power in my life. 
I want a power that transforms my heart, that transforms my mouth, that transforms my mind, that transforms my life. I want that kind of power. That looks like being changed right now and never being the same again. That's what it looks like. And God does that. God is able to redeem people from a drug addiction and they're free for the rest of their life. God is able to put a power and a love in you that changes how you treat people. God is able to take racism out of your heart and it's gone forever. God is able to do that. That is transformation by the power of His Spirit. Now listen. Some of you might say, yeah, pastor, I'm glad you're preaching that, but I received that so many years ago. I want to invite you to keep reading the verse. Don't give me, well, I've done that 30 years ago, pastor. It says, transformed into his image with ever increasing glory. You, have made, you may have received a transformation many years ago. But there is an ever increasing glory available for you today. It, it is a glory that will keep transforming you. To a greater glory. The King James Version says he will transform you from glory to glory to glory. Every day of your life, there's a brand new glory being revealed to you. And it comes from God. And it makes you much more like Jesus. So listen, let's never be the church that says, oh yeah, I received that so many years ago. What are you receiving now that is the ever-increasing glory of God? Tonight, why don't you receive something that transforms you even more into the very image of Jesus Christ? It only comes from the Lord who is that Spirit. These altars are open right now. Come on, let's talk to God. We Let's pray. Let's sing to the Lord. I'm going to pray for every person right now online. God, in Jesus' name, touch your hearts. Bring us into glory, to glory, to glory with you. Make us more like you. Erase the horns from our image. Erase the horns from our misunderstanding. Bring us closer, God, into the full image of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on, let's talk to God in this place. I want to pray for people. I want to see God move in our midst. In Jesus' name. For more information about redemption, look us up online at redemption-church.com. We want to hear from you, so be sure to connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or even our anonymous question text line at 214-856-0550. Thank you for joining us, and have a blessed day.